Bam, we're live. Oh, my audio is messed up. <clears throat> What's up, Brian? Good morning. Coming in a little hot this morning. You are? Rejecting. Yeah. Oh, oh my hey. gosh, what a change. Yeah, you can see my eyes. You're passionate about something this week? Uh, this morning. Oh. Uh, uh, Will, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Oh, what's uh, up, Will? No Nike. What's up, Brian? Here, um, uh, too hey, much. It's a nice hat. That's a nice hat. Too much. Too much fraternizing between the uh, uh, the staff. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's up? Good morning. Good morning, Anthony. Good to see you, man. What's up, Brian? Anthony, are you in Miami? You're you're wearing. You look like you're somewhere cold. I'm in Minnesota. Ah, oh, much better. Okay, that makes sense for the flannel. When are you guys heading down? Uh, we leave tomorrow at 8. Yeah, I'm heading out tomorrow as well. Kind of uh, wishing I had scheduled it for today, though. I know. Um, it's like it was negative 10 degrees yesterday. Like literal negative 10. Not like it feels <laughs> like it literally that. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, like our, we like we're training in like 59 degrees every day. Where in Minnesota are you? Uh, St. Paul. Holy cow. Holy cow. Sevan, did you see Ar- Armin's comments on Castro? St. Paul, the city where all the buildings downtown can be got to without ever going outside. That's right. They're prepared for this weather. I want that to be my first note, negative 10. Hey, um, is that negative 10 one of those spots where you can throw um, like a pot of water outside and it does like weird stuff? I'll be honest. I've never tried. Oh. I'd, but... be doing that. I'd be doing that stuff all day. Be getting. Are you on TikTok, Anthony? Uh, no. Oh yeah, me neither. I saw you. You're a man of God. I don't think men of God are on TikTok. Uh, I mean that's not why, but <laughs> unless they were there fishing for souls, negative ten. Um, but I, I apologize for, to both of you that you have to listen to some of this shit that I'm about to say right now. Um, someone made a comment this morning uh, to me in my DM saying that uh, the joke about calling Colton Merton a dwarf yesterday was not funny. Uh, I, I truly agree with you, too. And I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart, uh, honestly, for saying something that's not funny. This is not an apology to dwarfs or anyone who's offended by the word dwarf or to Colton Mertens. It is an apology for people who expect me to say funny things, and I don't. And I agree. It was a stupid joke. Uh Secondly, our sponsor, barbelljobs.com, where's the logo, texted me this morning and said that we have three VIP tickets to give away for Wadapalooza. We are like a real show now, just giving shits away. Is that crazy? Three VIP tickets. And I was looking uh, at Wadapalooza at what the VIP um, experience consists of, and it looks pretty cool. I bet you you could bump into the likes of Matt Fraser, Matt O'Keefe, Brooke Wells, Sydney Wells. I don't even know if they'll be. They, they, might not, they might be like looking at you. People like Brooke Wells and Sydney Wells and Matt Fraser might be looking at you like through the fence being like, oh, my God, who are those people in the VIP area? And second of all, third of all, my final thing is I want to talk to you about God this morning. I want to talk to you about uh, ego and God and being disconnected from the source and that it, whenever you are insulted, that means something has landed on you. You, 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 you. you think you are something, and when you are think you are something, you are now disconnected from the source. So this uh, – and, and I'll go into it in a little more detail. Someone in the, in, on YouTube wrote uh, – Danielle Lucero wrote, I am with Arm & Hammer. 
It is an insult to the huge team of people who have made the games work over the years to think that CrossFit is dead because one guy was let go. First of all, I'm not sure if anyone said CrossFit was dead. But why would you be insulted? Don't ever let anyone insult you. Insulting is the worst form of indulgence. Let's say I'm walking down the street and someone says, man, Sevon, your shoulders look nice today. And I let that hit me. That's indulging in my ego. But also if someone said, dang, Sevon, your penis is so big, it doesn't fit your body. You look weird. And I get insulted. That's also indulgence. That's indulgence in like pity, but it's all the same thing. You say, get it? It's all about me. And when it's about you, you are no longer connected to the source, God. Um, and, and it's your choice to be insulted. Always your choice. I know it's hard. I get insulted every day, but I push it down and hide it. And then come back and deal with it later. Reflect on it later. And why would anyone be insulted about anything you we're going to say about the games? The guy who got let go is the founder and creator of the games and the only guy that's been there for the entirety of the sport. And he's been let go. It's okay. It's okay. He's a former SEAL Team 6 operator and Bud's instructor. He's the knife that sh- makes other knives. He's the lens that made other lenses. You get that, right? There's tools that have to make tools. People loved working for him. People loved working for him. It's enormous shoes to fill. Don't be insulted if we're tripping that Dave's gone. Don't be insulted. And finally, Danielle, in the beginning, you started the um, your statement with I am with Arm and Hammer. And I just want you to know it's none of my business who you're with, but um, you should know that he's married and has kids. Okay, <coughs> Anthony, hi. <laughs> Uh, do, you, do you ever listen to the show, Anthony? Uh, yeah, I tune in every once in a while. I'm sorry. I apologize that you do that. <laughs> I knew uh, I knew exactly what I was stepping into, so for sure. Let's see here, dude. You're dude. You've been around forever. Yeah, you think people would know who I was, but I I dug into your Instagram. You've like worked out with everybody. I mean. Like, what do you mean? Like, you were on a team with Andrea Nissler. Yep. Who's moved on to the great mayhem empire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. I didn't even know that. Were they, yeah. were they, were you guys good as a team together? I thought we did well. Actually, a lot of the workouts, her and I were paired up together. So she's one of the best athletes I've ever been next to. So yeah. she definitely always was pushing me like super, super hard. So it's, was their team good, Minna, Ryan? Minna, yeah, Minnesota Roots. I'm from Michigan. How long have you been up in Minnesota? Um, a year and a half again now. Oh, how'd you how'd you get hooked up with Andrea originally? Uh, so the old owner of Timberwolf had called. So I had gone to regionals in 2016 as an individual, and then he messaged me asking if I wanted to move out here because they were going to build a team, and so I was. 21 years old and was like well yeah sure why not crossfit's king of the snatch there is a um (laughs) i i I watched a video of you um clean and jerking 405 it's kind of old too no no i'm sorry i apologize i apologize anthony 406 uh was it the wadapalooza one or was i wait yes 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 yes, yes, yes. very funny story 
Great. Let's hear it. I'm going to pull it up on the screen and tell me. And, and it, first, before you tell me, have you have you bested that? Uh, my best is 415. So wow. before I hit this, <laughs> so I didn't know how to use kilos. I had recently switched to weightlifting and I started with 165, which I think is like 370, something like that. I don't even know. And I went to jump to 170, which is like 10 pounds. And as I was approaching it, the announcer is like, Anthony Davis making a huge jump to 180 kilos. And I was like, oh, that was a 25-pound PR. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I guess I got another shot. So then I threw this on there and ended up hitting it. So I ended up PRing by like 20 kilos. Twice? Twice, yeah. What what year was this? That was, I think, 2018. This was the like uh, weightlifting face-off event? Yeah. That was a really fun event. Um, but it says also, June like, of 2019. Just, to, just I don't know if that's that's when it was posted. I don't know when it happened. Oh, I think it's a throwback. Yeah. Okay. See the time. See the throwback. Okay. All right. <laughs> but it's uh, that competition is super fun, but also very difficult for someone of your size to actually win because they use the Sinclair total, right? Yeah, I was going against Matt, which was very funny too, because Matt was like, "Dude, I had to hit 96 percent." <laughs> I was not expecting to hit that at this time. He's was, explain, you're, you're talking about that to me, Brian. What are you about, talking about? You're talking about Matt Rattay, right? Yeah, Matt Rattay. So at the weightlifting faceoff that year, they had were there 16 guys in a bracket style format? Yeah, something like that. But it wasn't the guy who lifted the most that won. The Sinclair total factors in your body weight, right. and so there's this guy named Matt Rattay. He's he's some people know him as Mighty Mouse. He's also competed in CrossFit and I think in the team division a few times. Um, that's like just insanely strong for his size. And I mean, basically I thought in that format was unbeatable, at least against that field. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that, is it, is that, um, why, why do people, um, why do people break PRs at the event? I know people are always like, Oh, it's because the crowd is there. You get hyped up, but I would think you would just be nervous as shit. Um, I mean, honestly, I lift significantly better around people. I think it just takes my mind off of all of the thoughts that you're lifting, you know, and it's more just like, oh, sweet. All these people are here to see us have a good time and throw us. They want to see heavy weights. And that takes it's just like if I'm do even if I messed up. Right. Somebody at the end of the day is going to be like, wow, that dude just cleaned 406 and he almost jerked it. That was fun. That was fun to watch. So for me, lifting wise becomes fun because I'm not even like thinking about it at the time. How tall are you? Five uh, ten, I think. Maybe. And how much do you weigh? Uh, Two twenty three. Is that what you want to weigh? <laughs> Goodness no. <laughs> no? I was spe- we were speculating last night because you're. I think on your games profile it says two twenty five. I was like, I bet he's closer to two twenty now. Uh, so at, I thought I was two twenty five at Grain of Games. I was two thirty two. <laughs> Wow. Do they weigh you there? Is that how you know that? Um, I weighed myself, I think, the next day or something like that. Because people kept messaging me. They're like, dude, there's no way you're 225 right now. I'm like, dude, I think I'm 225. They're like, you're at least 230. So I was like, fine, I'll go weigh myself. I mean, I I live in in Minnesota, too. So it's not like I brought a scale to the Airbnb. I was staying at home. Right. Um, and, And this kid in the middle is your brother? Yeah, that's Tylen. And how tall is he? Uh, now six three. The 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 younger one down there, Tristan, he's actually six five. 
Oh my God. You're the little dude in the family. (laughs) That's me. I'm the little one. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Beautiful family, by the way. Congratulations. It's having siblings is awesome, huh? It is pretty fun. They're all doing pretty sweet stuff. My brother's a graphic designer. So we like very similar personalities. Like anytime we hang out, always get together, but he's like skateboarder, would do graphic he's a graphic designer always doing art was coding websites in like sixth grade was doing all sorts of stuff like that so where, where were you raised did where did you say ohio uh oh god no ohio sucks um <laughs> plainwell michigan michigan that's like the yes. biggest insult you could say to someone oh, from man, michigan ohio was terrible. <laughs> and and did you spend your whole life there a uh, majority of it since i was like eight i was born in key west oh no kidding Where's your dad from? Marathon Key. The United States? Really? Yeah, it's one of the keys. Yeah. um, Because I saw a picture of him somewhere, and he did kind of look a little bit like a foreigner. I I guess Key West is kind of like foreigners. Where were his parents from? Uh, Georgia. Oh, no kidding. Okay. All right. All right. All right. But people are very torn on my ethnicity. I've had Hawaiian... I've had somebody thought I was just really tan um, and then Puerto Rican or Dominican. Sometimes I'm looking for a, a picture of your dad. I had here. He, yeah, he, your dad looks like he's from the Caribbean, but maybe, maybe that's just from the, uh, being down there in Florida. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like people in Minnesota, it, they're the ones who talk like they're from Canada, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got, you guys talk, say, say funny stuff. What's the deal with your shoulder? Which one? You, uh, both of them. Do you, do you have good shoulders? You made a comment in one of your posts, and you said something about your shoulders. You said you'd been neglecting them. I don't know, and I didn't know what the implication was, whether it was range of motion or one of them was injured, but it sounded like something you had an issue with going shoulder to overhead, and you'd been neglecting it, and that this was the year you were going to address it. Well, I'm going to find the post. Let's see. Yeah. Um, oh, th- this isn't the post, but this is uh, this is one of your more humble moments. I found. Let's see this one. Plenty of them on there. So, yeah, you're a good dude. You share some good stuff. Let's see. <laughs> is that your shoulder giving out right there? Oh, uh, dude, that's just, dude. I suck at handstands, and everyone knows that. And I don't even really know what it was about this workout. This is such a mentally just <laughs> Brian, you got to see this. You got to see this. Uh, that was so, you know, I think the like, invisible man kicked him in the elbow. So like in 2017, you know, I was like, it was an insanely awesome year to open for me. And then to, to come back and just be like, man, this one workout, I was in, I think third or fourth in the region. I dropped all the way to 38th after that event. Um, and and you've seen it every single year. If you go back, you'll notice every time I'm in a decent spot, you see handstands or handstand walks show up. Everyone's like, did Anthony fix it yet? So that's just been kind of my vice. Um, I don't really, my shoulders are strong. You know, like I, obviously I can jerk 415 pounds. I've done 405 within the last year. Um, so it is more, I think, just a range of motion and getting stacked well that my shoulders are actually doing the work and not like my biceps and triceps. 
is, is Anthony Davis an individual athlete or a team athlete? I'm like when we talk about him behind his back. Individual. You're an individual. So because you see people who are individual athletes who come to Wadapalooza and, they, and they're on a team, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if you're a team athlete who, since it's not the games, you're, you come here as an individual. But no, you are now an individual. Yeah, so I did individual last year too. And, and why make the leap? Or is it a leap? Sorry, I, I'm making a presupposition there that being individual is cooler than team. Um, I think more so just timing of stuff. So, I mean, until last, so now I guess two Februarys now, I wasn't even doing CrossFit. I was doing strictly weightlifting. So it was not last October, but the October of 2020, I started doing CrossFit again. And so it was more of just like kind of get back, see where I could be because I had some success at an individual level prior. And then I just had the allotted time worth to see if it was worth taking a shot. So here I am. And how much time are you taking? Are you like, is your life revolving around uh, going to the games, being an individual athlete or is this hobby? Um, I, if I was honest, I like to be an honest person. I don't know if I prioritize getting to the games as much as you probably need to. Um, I coach almost every day at 5.30 a.m., either sports performance or the classes at the gym. I coach multiple wow. times through the midday, and then I also do personal training and stuff at night. Um, I like to spend time with my wife and my friends and do stuff, so I don't really enjoy always sacrificing things entirely. Um, and I know that that takes its especially when you're trying to be among the best and i probably if i was being honest thought i would be at the highest level i'd probably need to prioritize more than i am now but and, and what's that and what's that look like when you say prioritize what would you do i mean it, it comes down to every single thing you know like am i always getting eight hours of sleep a night am i saying no to having pizza with friends or Am I saying no to taking a weekend off to visit people I haven't seen in a year or not going on vacation over Christmas? It's things like that. And it's, to me, it's just really hard to say that it's worth giving up those things. Um, do you own Timberwolf CrossFit? No, I'm like it, a co-manager of sorts. And how long have you been there? Oh, I've been back now since two Septembers ago. So like a year and a half. If we were on a scale and over here was, no, over here was like the most dedicated possible games athlete there could be. Um, and over here was just a dude who just really, really loves working out. Are you closer to this than to this? Like, are you more, do you, is this just what happens to someone who like really, really enjoys moving and working out? Um, It's kind of quite possible. I mean, I, it's more of my personality. I don't know if I've, I don't have that kind of edge, you know? And I, I think it hit me listening to like when Matt finally stepped down and was just like how in tune he was to everything to being the best. Yeah. It's like, man, I just, I just really love doing this and I have the time to do it. So it's fun. Yeah. And it's worthwhile. Cause I, for some reason have the gifts and abilities to be able to do what I do at a high level. Yeah. Um, but 
I do think I sell myself short to a degree by not having that edge. Yeah. I mean, you sound like a guy who just loves working out and the byproduct is, is you can enter these competitions at the highest level, which is kind of nuts, right? Yeah. To Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had conversations with people in the past where it was like, sometimes I feel bad because I know, <laughs> I know some people who have drilled and drilled and drilled for so hard and so long. And I mean, I took two years off. I don't, I don't even know if I did 10 pull-ups in two years. No kidding. So yeah. like, re- wow. And I came back and then my first year of going back at it, I'm at a semifinal, you know? And so it's things like that where it's just like, man, it's crazy what I am capable of. And I don't know why or what is my reason for not just like fully going all in. Yeah. But. um, What, what sports did you play as a kid? Um, I was a football player. I played basketball, golf um, in high school, and then I played baseball for the longest, probably from like 2 to 16. And then I snowboarded and stuff on the side for fun and try to do kind of every sport. I like doing sports. Um, Why golf? What do you get from golfing? Uh, So actually, it was my first job. My grandpa was a pro at the course we lived on growing up. So I played golf since I was eight. And now it's been just a really fun thing to do outside of the gym. It tests you mentally. Um, You know, I walk every time that I play and there's always something to kind of work on. So in a way it's kind of like CrossFit outside, but. Oh, really? Golf? Yeah. Wait to tell me that. How is it like cross? Do you do a hundred burpees at every hole? (laughs) I mean, more so of like, you're always finding one piece to get slightly better at. And the more you play, it's kind of like CrossFit. You know what they say? Like, it doesn't get easier. You just get better. Yeah. The same way with golf. Like, the more you achieve skill, you're like, I'm going to try to hit this shot. I want to try to hit the ball here. I want to try to hit a fade or I need to hit a draw. I need to all these things. So are are you good? Like, like, are you good at this game? Uh, I'm about, I mean, this is my first year trying and tracking. I was about a 12 handicap this year, which is kind of bogey golf, but I had a couple rounds where I was about six over for 18. What, so, what, what, Will, do you know golf? What did, what did he just say? Did he say anything? Do, do, what's that mean? Can you Google? He's a 12. What are you? You're 12, you're 12 handicap. Yeah. Does that mean eight. you're good? Is that a nice way of saying you're good? It would be like, yeah, eight to 12. Is kind of my. I shoot about an eighty for eighteen. Is kind of average. I went with uh, one year. I was filming with Graham Holmberg. Um, he won the game as many. Yeah, well, you know, you've yeah. been around forever. And I went with him and his dad to play golf. And it was crazy. I mean, I, like I had never played. It's hard. It is tough, and uh, it can make you really mad too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just completely horrible at it. But they were good. Do you golf? Do you real golf? Oh yeah, you golf too, huh, Brian? <laughs> Brian, he's a he's a twelve handicap. Is is that a good golfer? I respect it. You respect it. What's your sure. what? Do you do you even know? If you even know what your handicap is, that means you're a good golfer, right? No, not necessarily. There's plenty of guys that like to play, but they're <laughs> just not that good. That's all right too. All right, fine. Thanks for thanks for thanks for contributing to the um, conversation. <laughs> Uh, what's the goal here at, at, at Wadapalooza? 
place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To come out of their hat. Are are you like, oh, I'm just there to have fun, you know, just to see some old friends? Or is it like, fuck, like, I need to place higher than I've ever placed there before? Uh, Definitely the latter. I've never been like, I need to be here to be satisfied kind of guy. I think potentially, you know, with the field now that I see the full thing coming out, I mean, a top 15 for me is pretty like, that's, there's some pretty solid dudes. Um, just looking at the events, a lot of power stuff. So I have a good opportunity to take some good times in some of those other places. I like those kind of hard hitting fast, shorter things. I wish the lift event was a little bit heavier, but <laughs> And I was, I've actually been, um, actually been working with Tommy Marquez. We've been writing some articles about just the legacy of Dave Crastro's programming. And one of the things we talked about with his open programming was that year in and year out, like you never knew how strength would be tested. And people like to say, oh, this is how it should be tested. And this is what's not appropriate and whatever. But the reality is that you got to be strong and it's going to be tested in a variety of different ways. And sometimes it's a one rep max and other times it's moving a moderate bar fast and, you know, if that, uh, that was one thing I did appreciate about that man, he was really good at also challenging the people who were the best at what they did. You know, like so for me, I was always like, "All right, I'm the strong act." But when you throw strength events that require either fast reps or less time or less attempts, that really challenges your the way you attack things. And so even strategically, you have to like really be in tune with like, what am I capable of in my strength? And I always thought he did a really good job at testing the best at their best stuff too. I like, uh, I like this video a lot. You do not see this a lot. As a matter of fact, I can't remember seeing any games athlete ever do this. Um, I'm going to show it here. Maybe it's too so you're doing the pegboard without your feet. Yeah. Old school. Is is that on purpose? I mean, I guess obviously it's on purpose. Why are you training it like that? When when all the other athletes train it, they climb the wall like Spider-Man. I don't know. Nick just told me to do it like this, so I did. Nick who? <laughs> Nick Fowler. Nick Fowler? Oh, I uh, actually just uh, I was watching a video of his this morning. Hey, isn't that, ex- isn't that expensive using Nick? That, I mean, now all of a sudden I have some conflicting data. I, part of me is just, hey, you're just this dude who likes to work out and, you, and you're so good that you just happen to just enter competitions for the fun of it. But but when you have someone like Nick Fowler in your corner, it doesn't get more serious than that, right? Yeah, it's a big deal. So so, so you want to win. You want to go to the games. Yeah, obviously. I mean, like... He's like, yeah, obviously. That's a dumb <laughs> question. I mean, I... You don't, you don't do it. Like I'm not doing it just for fun. I should say that I like, I'm, I am competitive for sure. Like I wouldn't spend four hours a day between two sessions if I wasn't trying to reach a goal. Okay. You know, so it's not like one day I'm like, Oh, here, I'm going to do one hour a day. And then the next one I'm going to do four and the next it's, it's a, it's a full training. And I've, I've committed to that. And so I'm a hundred percent into my commitments, you know? And so anytime that I even start to mentally get into it, my wife will be the first person who'll be like, you know, this is what you wanted to do. You know, you gotta, 
we got to stick to this and that's how we go about our business. And so, yes, I do enjoy it. And I am got back into it out of that feelings, but I am a competitor at heart too. As for that, uh, the legless pegboard, you know, <clears throat> another thing that I've realized in looking back at, at the programming over the last 15 years of the games is a lot of times something shows up and then three or five years down the line, sometimes even only one or two years later, um, a more advanced version of that thing shows up. And I'm not saying legless pegboards will ever necessarily show up in programming, but you never know. A couple of years ago, there was a sanctional event that had a, like a double rope climb, legless. We had to go up, back down, and back up without using your legs without resetting on the ground. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to try some new stuff in the gym. If you have the, you know, baseline fitness and strength to do it. How yeah. are we get? go ahead. Sorry. sorry no, go I was going to say, yeah, I don't, sometimes I'm, I'm quite shocked. Like Nick will have me doing all sorts of stuff. I'm like, dude, I've never even seen that. I was doing last year, like so many wall walks. And I was like, dude, in my head, I'm like, how many wall walks are they going to do it in the open? And then, <laughs> open the gates there's 55 of them you know? no kidding he they br- wow so nick was on that yeah so i was like wow that's awesome hey uh and w- when that happens are you like man i'm getting my money's worth this dude knew like just this piece alone is worth it oh yeah for sure i think he's probably one of the brightest people when it comes to programming stuff He's very, he's just a very like intellectual type dude. So he's always like scheming and looking at different ways to attack stuff. He's really good also at not like over programming, like not leaving you feeling like super destroyed all the time. But then like, even when you come to test strength, you're almost surprised because you're like, man, I don't feel like I am doing super heavy all the time. And then I'm still capable at my higher stuff. And so when I, when you have a coach like that, do you ha- can can anyone sign up for Nick Fowler? Or when you go to sign up for him, it's like, hey, you have to like be like t- explain to him that you're super committed. Um, like, okay. how does brute work? Like, like I think anyone can just go sign up for. Uh, uh, I don't know. Tell t- uh, tell me one. Like anyone can sign up for the Matt Fraser's workout or Josh Bridges' workout. Can anyone sign up for brute strength, or is it? I, I, is it more like, hey, you have to, there's an application process and like you have to be dedicated and a games guy? Uh, I wish I actually knew the answer to that. So I got connected with him because I had a different coach through Brute that I had met through Active Life. And then that's that Sean Pastuk. Sean Pastuk is now with Brute. Yeah. Well, he was, they were with Brute. I think he's been with Brute or helped them out for a long time. So I had a coach there and then that coach went to focus more on just coaching his gym. And then I got moved to Nick. So I had a different coach and then Nick coached me and then I stepped away from CrossFit. And then when I decided to come back, I was like, I probably shouldn't do this kind of just by myself. So I just reached out and then he called me and asked like what I was committed to. Oh, okay. Kind of just decided like, okay what like was i for real you know because it's it's a lot of work on their end too you know and so yeah that's they, and, and i think that answers the question i was asking yeah that that dude's gnarly every, every, i mean it seems like everyone who works with them is gnarly yeah he's had a i mean a great roster of athletes over the years but and still now but probably you know they're, they're a big enough organization where whatever that phone call was if, if uh, nick didn't think that anthony was looking for what you know 
he was looking for in an athlete or what he was, you know, would be hoping to provide. And he would say, I think that this might be a better fit, you know, within our, within our organization. And they'd have something for him, I think. Yeah. Can you got a whole squad going now, even on the other end of the brute spectrum with like Matt Torres and his crew. Oh, right. You're like, dang, all these (laughs) How old did you say you were again? 26, 29? Um, I just turned 27. 27, okay. Yep. I think I think that's Nick's third appearance on the show. Uh, can you dunk, Anthony? I used to be able to. And I was – I so – Because you're not tall. You're not tall per se. I mean, definitely not compared to your brothers. Uh, no. <laughs> So after I yeah. wouldn't call you a dwarf, but you're not tall. Under uh so funny, you just pulled that full circle. Uh, thank you. And uh yeah, so when I'm under 220, I can dunk. So I'm trying to get back. <laughs> um do, have you ever dunked in a game? Not in a game. No, not in a game. That's the question, right? Like lots of dudes can like not lots of dudes, but some dudes can run like a lot of dudes can juggle three balls, but can you juggle four balls or five balls? It's like dunking is like if you can dunk in a game, that should be like that's like you really dunk. Yeah. That'd be dunk, you, you can just dunk like to show off to the kids at the park and like and to girls. Yeah. Well, my wife, but yeah. I can't do either. Yeah, to your wife. Um, how long ago so you're pretty happily married. Yeah. You make a lot of posts about your wife and about your relationship. Tell me, what what happened in in uh, 2021? Uh, people were jumping off of bridges and shit and putting guns in their mouth and getting hooked on fentanyl. And you're like, man, what a great year! I got to really, really uh, hang out with my best friend. Yeah, so you know, gyms and stuff kind of shut down, and we had been in the talking process and stuff like that. And so I was able to coach remotely for most of it because we were doing at home stuff. So I would. Uh, come drive out to Minnesota, hang out for two weeks and we'd hang out. And in four months I proposed and we got married in a coffee shop that year. And now we're doing awesome. Oh, wait, wait a second. I So the whole, that whole marriage and whole relationship happened all in one year. Yeah. Oh, I, when I read that, I made the assumption that you had already been married for like three or four or five years. I should, I didn't even know. So go back. I want to hear some details about that. She was a client of yours who you were. No, no. Okay. Tell tell me, how did you meet your wife again? Uh, So she was trained. She was coming to Timberwolf. Okay. I lived in Michigan and I just thought that she looked nice. So I ended up messaging her and then we just started chatting uh, over time. Then we met in Chicago and uh, hung out. And we were like, we're going to keep doing this thing. And then we just kept seeing each other. And here we are. And, and uh, so I'm, I'm a little confused. If you saw her at the gym, you weren't living in, um, in in the same town as her at the time? She asked a question on the rec room, which is like our community page. Yeah. And so I had seen her on that. And um, was she just doing that because she had already seen you and was courting you? No, she had no idea who I was. Wow. And then so so you saw her, she posted something and you're just like, "Okay, I'm going to get to know this girl." Yep. And uh it in before you met her, you're church going dude, right? Like Sundays is church days. Yeah. 
and, and, and you're pretty serious about it in, in all your posts. Like you show yourself there's all sorts of scripture and highlighted Bibles and stuff. So when you meet a girl like that, is that like one of the first things you ask? Is it a prerequisite? Yeah. So, I mean, our entire relationship was to that degree. Like we we did it that way and we established that right from the beginning. And, you know, like everyone's got their opinions and their thoughts and experiences and beliefs and systems when it comes to how those things work. But, you know, for us, we hold true to that faith. But also, I think if you're someone who isn't even a believer, you know, like setting the guidelines and the boundaries and the establishing kind of the relationship that you want. We did that right from the beginning and made it very open that like if this wasn't the direction we wanted to choose, we didn't have to. Uh, and so, the direction meaning marriage. Yeah. Like we were like, we're our goal for this is to be, to be married. Like we're at this time in our pat over whatever relationships we had in the past, you know, we want to move in a direction that's like, all right, the, the people we want to be dating are the people we want to hopefully see for the rest of our lives. And if we're not going to be committed to that, or if something changes and you don't feel that way moving forward, then you're free and okay to say that this isn't moving in that direction. And we went and just found that this was it. This was it. And I'm a hundred percent confident in that. I'm, I'm going to ask a follow-up question. Are you going to take us somewhere else, Brian? No, no. Um, when it, it's interesting that you say that if you choose, I, I don't remember who told me this and I'm not using the exact example, um, that they gave me, but that if you choose a mate and like you choose something that's not eternal as your common bond, then your relationship won't be eternal. So like if you choose someone who just likes hiking and you like hiking, then that won't be enough to hold the relationship together. Or some people have kids, right? When their relationships on the rock, they have kids in order thinking that the kids would hold them together. But that if you do choose something that's eternal, um, like God, both of you um, uh, share that commonality of, of your love in something that, that, let's say for this conversation, that is eternal and is true, and we'll use the word God to hold that place, that that is the essence of a um, – of a long that that is a, not only the essence that's a requirement that's a prerequisite for for a good a good relationship a relationship that will last you till death do us part. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with that. Did, did you did, have you heard that before? Can you articulate what I said better than I did? Had you heard that? Is that why you think that, or did you just think you wanted a girl who believed in God like you did, centralized God as a, as as a central figure in your life because you knew that would be the only way? Or what was your what if she wouldn't have been into God? What if like she hadn't found God yet? Um, you and know, would you, would you have like been like, oh, come under my wing? I don't think in, in me, my personally, based on my beliefs, when it comes to all of that, you can't force anyone into that belief yeah. system. Um, part of my attraction to her was that she had something in her bio that was like one of my favorite worship songs. And oh. so I was I was intrigued by that where I was like, oh, you we might we might see things kind of the same way, and, you know, and I've been in circumstances where, you know, you don't do the relationship aligned with the message that you're saying, you know, or the message that you're portraying out to people. And so when it came to this, we were very cautious and very we were very accountable to each other that 
you know, this is how we want to be because we want to be examples of what we believe. And so, yeah, I do think if you put your faith and you put your trust in things that aren't for, I guess, to say, you know, in something eternal, it's very hard because those things will always come up short to some degree. Yeah, well said. I was well actually said. thinking of this because I, I was thinking about your podcast because I knew you were going to ask me something about this because I know you're detailed. Uh, but I was listening to a song from one of my favorite bands, and one of the lyrics is, growing up is watching your heroes become human right in front of you. Wow. And, you know, I think so much of life is you see what looks like this big heroic thing that we're all traveling to. And then as we get older, we realize, wow, we're all really a lot more the same, you know, like this person might be your hero. And then later on down the road, they make a mistake. And then you're like, Oh, you are human. Or, you know, this happens all the time in church where you see these pastors and these people that get elevated, elevated, elevated. And then something comes up where you're like, Oh, what's the deal, dude right? Like you've been preaching to people the complete opposite of what you've been doing in the dark, you know, and you're human, you know? Yep, <laughs> That's yep, not yep. And when we put our faith in things that are human, it's bound to, it's, it doesn't offer you the mercy that I believe is available to you. Ah, uh, explain that to me a little more. That's so nice. The mercy piece. It's yeah. It, when we, put our faith in things that aren't eternal. It doesn't allow for the space for the mercy of the fact that we're all humans. Like we are humans, you know, we aren't perfect. We can't expect people to be perfect. And we have to expect that people are going to fail at certain points. And even when you agree or you disagree or whatnot, like there still has to be space for mercy because you don't know how that person came to that thought process or how right. they got through this experience. Cause you don't yes. know what in that, that's the stuff that drives me the most nuts is when we miss that piece, you know, and even like everything that's going on, like right now, you know, it's just crazy to think how so fast everyone is to snap. And it's like, yeah, people just messed up, you know, and it's so easy when someone messes up to forget everything that those people have also done, you know, and if you don't offer them that mercy or that ability to come back and reconcile themselves for maybe a poor decision, like maybe it wasn't good, but at least give them the space to be like, you know, maybe I should look at this a different way. Cause I just never even clicked. Sometimes it doesn't even click. And I've had that conversation with people because like, you know, I used to work with kids um, that, like I did a work program that was with kids from like the JDCs and, you know, juvenile some, delinquent centers. Yeah. Um, things like that. You ever and, been in one of those? Uh, like, my dad used ever, to work for one. But I mean, have you ever been like stole a candy bar and had to go? No. Oh, okay. I, okay. So. My dad used to be a, an officer in one of those. Okay. Um, Sorry to interrupt your story. What were you going to no, say about them? You're fine. But again, it's, like I used to tell those kids all the time. It's like, look, I know some of your story, you know, and some people know your story and they hold that against you. But like right now you're working for me. And at this, we're at a, a local park, you know, and it's like, look, to me, you've done nothing wrong to me yet. 
you haven't caused me any harm. You haven't caused me any problems. You haven't caused any trouble, regardless of what brought you to this circumstance, you know, but now moving forward, how you treat me, how you show up to work, how you do this is everything that allows me to see the type of person that you want to be, you know, like I want to be rooting for you and I want to help you and come alongside you. And, you know, I think sometimes people hear those stories or they have this connotation about someone because they see the way that they post or they see the things that they say or they see the things that they do, but they make that assumption about them before they ever have a conversation or before they ever offer their like, I don't know, that transparency aspect of like where you come from, who this person is and stuff like that. And then when you don't do that, you create these thoughts about somebody and then you make a judgment and you act on it. My sister uses this term, um, um, softened heart. Like she'll be like, oh, that person, that person needs to soften their heart or yeah, that softened my heart. And like, I don't even know what that word fucking word heart means. And I just like, every time someone uses it, I'm like, nonsense. But, but I, but whatever you just said, I, if I, I think you just softened my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Like I felt myself feel like uh, more compassionate towards other people. You're you you nailed it, man. You articulated that so well. Thank you. Like from me, not thank you. That was cool. That was very cool. The mercy piece. Sorry, Brian. Go ahead. I was just was uh, curious because <clears throat> listening to you to you talk about that, a, a couple things like come to mind from my own life, and um, I'll explain at least one of them. And then if you, I don't know if you've maybe had a similar situation or how you would, you know maybe recommend or handle a situation like this. But in in this case, I'm thinking of, um, I was in school uh, studying uh, theology and history, and I was intentionally chose to go to a school that was Christian, despite not having a really a Christian upbringing. And in the process of trying to learn about that uh, religion and thought process, I uh, I came across a pastor who I thought was very impactful, well-spoken, and extremely good at... um, like delivering messages that people could relate to. And he built a huge following actually here in, in the Chicagoland area, several, several uh, campuses. And then he started having like a, a more global reach and an internet presence and whatever else. And everything seemed to be going great. And then all of a sudden this news came out that he was um, struggling with something in his personal life that was egregious to the point that he was just immediately removed from the figurehead of that community. And I'm talking like, massive church community that he'd created and uh, i don't i don't know i don't know whatever happened to him is that an allegory for greg and crossfit (laughs) no but it's i mean it is similar (laughs) and it's not it's like you know this kind of example shows up in a lot of different realms um and in that case of this pastor and in one other case which is kind of a strange one that i forgot about until just now of tiger woods in 2008 when he had all that stuff come down on him i took I took it upon myself and I wrote a letter to Tiger Woods and I wrote a letter to this pastor. I never heard back from either of them just saying, Hey man, I've been in tough situations myself and you know, it's not all is lost. Like there's a way back out of this. If you ever need anything, you know, give me a call, whatever. But I don't know if you've had a, any moments like that, Anthony, or if it's, and especially if it's someone that's like changed your life, you know, and then I all felt so like, bad for Tiger. I felt so bad for Tiger. I just wish he could have, yeah, I felt um, there's. But before you answer, I just want to throw this one thing out there. There's this saying that as a student, your your most important task is it's to never let the master know he's your master, and and 
what I take away from that is, is you have, it is, it's un, it, if you're going to be a good student, don't elevate your master. They have, they have, they're going to fall. If you elevate them, you're go, they're going to fall. Be a student and don't let them know you're your, ma- they're your master. They're going to fall. Don't set them up for failure. Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. So, oh, so, yeah, I mean, I've seen that story kind of play itself out, you know, and in my own life, I can be completely honest. Like there's a verse that says everything that is hidden in the darkness will come to light at some point, you know, and I think a lot of times we know you're not doing the things we should be doing or we're hiding something that we know might hurt someone else. And then the longer you try to hide that, hide that, hide that, you know, the pressure becomes higher and higher and higher to eventually like you make a mistake. Right. Because you're not you're not operating from a, like an offensive side. You're trying to defend whatever it is that you're hiding. And so eventually that defense breaks because the pressures of the world are, are going to figure that out and they're going to see that. Um and in that circumstance, you know, I think accountability is huge. It's so huge. Um, it's something that I wish I had more of when I was younger. Um, just because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things you can learn from accountability. Is that one, you're free to make a mistake, but you're also free to move forward from it. You know, if you're not held accountable to the fact that something is happening or that something was maybe wrong you don't, I don't know if you truly learn from it. And in the states of those of that pastor or from Tiger Woods, you know, like, yeah, there is, there is a, you have to take responsibility for those actions. Those were unfortunate, but from there now it's out. So now everything you're trying to hide is, is, is everyone knows. Right. So I bet you there is a degree of freedom now. Yes. It's like yes. now I have the freedom to decide how do I want to do this differently. And it's just responding to that accountability and accepting it like yeah what I did was wrong. But now moving forward this is the things I'm going to do. And you don't have to do that. I don't think you have to do that for anyone specifically. I don't think you have to go out and prove yourself to anyone or like you just need to be like that's who I was. I'm working on who I am and I'm going to try to be better. I what think- do you think? Sorry, Anthony, I got a question about that specifically. So I going way back, I don't know what point in my life it was, but um, the girlfriend I had at the time read my text messages and saw that I was talking to another girl. And like, I felt like this huge breath of freedom. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, why? I'm like, because now you're stuck knowing that you're fucking with the piece of shit, but I'm free because I don't got to hide that shit from you anymore. It was like what you said. I was like free. Like, oh, God, this was like, I wish I wouldn't have gone down that path. Hiding and lying suck. Like not because not for maybe the reasons you think because it's um, immoral or sin or whatever, but just it's a waste of time and energy. And it just sucks. It's like being a caged animal. I don't want to be caged. That being said. What do you think? I, I see posts on Instagram where people are just uh, helping other people justify, let's say, their unhealthy lifestyle or their obesity. So I heard this. There was this lady on the fit. I don't know if you follow the fittest doc. He's, I think he's out of San Diego and he made a post and someone's like, well, some people can't lose weight. And so I responded to her and I said, are you telling me that someone who weighs 400 pounds and drives around in one of those little carts at Disneyland can't take any steps to lose weight and get out of that cart? And they're like, well, they have psychological problems and starts justifying their their um, 
their issues, right? And inability to work on themselves. And I find that when you when you block people, when you argue people's limitations or block them from the path to take personal responsibility or per- personal accountability, it's like if you had a friend that says, hey, don't be honest with your wife. Hide that from your wife. Like, I, I, I think that's bad. You shouldn't hide. You, I think that's like, do you see the, 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 the connection or correlation, not, not correlation, the connection I'm trying to draw there, like that people with a victim mindset are doing that to themselves. You're just, you're just, um, or, or a limited mindset. You're just building the cage for yourself. You're just lying to yourself. Yeah. I think that traps, that traps so many, so many people, man. And it's, it's, it's sad sometimes. I mean, so like, it's under the guise of helping people too. That's what's worse. Hey, I'm going to help you stand up. But what I really did is I just took away an opportunity from you to get up on your own. Yeah. And so like, even with some of the kids I used to work with, I like to go, I like to go hiking. I used to go hiking three or four times a week. I had kids that had never been on a hike ever. And I was like, why? And they're like, what do you mean where you work? You mean, you mean at, at that juvenile facility you worked at? So we actually worked at the county parks that uh-huh. summer, but also just like on my own, I would just hike around. But yes, okay. these, some of these kids and a couple of the other after school programs that I did, like some of the kids never went on a hike ever in their life. One of the answers was, well, black people don't go on hikes. And oh, was, it's funny you say that because Logan Mars says, um, Anthony, have you ever tried psychedelics? And the racist in me said, no, black dudes don't do psychedelics. Have you done psychedelics? No. Yeah. Uh, well, but, but, but that was a joke. It's not that black dudes yeah. don't do psychedelics. It's that he's a, he's a, he's a really, he's a man of the cloth. He's a man of God. What are you doing, Logan? Sorry. I apologize for him. Logan, 20 burpees. That's fine. You can, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. I, you won't, like you said, you won't. Maybe a, Stefan, maybe a controversial, but I, I don't think that being a man of the cloth precludes you from doing psychedelics. I think that there's, even if you go back to biblical times, I'm sure that there were people that were, you know, very, very faithful in their religions and also, you know, not indulging, but um, interacting with some of those things occasionally. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Blasphemy. <laughs> but yeah, even that, those mindsets, though, is like, we don't do this. And it's like, why? You don't, you don't know if you don't do that. You don't even know if you don't like that. You've just been, you've conditioned and caged yourself to this belief that you can't. <clears throat> And who like why are you gonna listen to that voice in your head? You know, it that it's like the hardest thing to watch is watching like a kid who's 15 or 16 years old who's never known anything differently and they're responding to an environment because no one's ever challenged them. You know, and that's really it. It's challenged them to think outside of this box that you're trying to close yourself in. And I think we all run into that at 16 years old, right? Like we're yes, we're trying to figure out life, you know. Um whether you came from a decent home or if you're coming from a home that isn't great. We're, and it's that reminder, like, cause they are also being conditioned that they're completely different than other kids. And then the kids who grow up in decent homes who still have anxiety and still have depression and still struggle, don't realize why they struggle because these kids who don't have that stuff are struggling with the same things. And it's, it's, again, it's just a, it's this cage that you are just like locking yourself in and you just haven't even been challenged to step out of it, you know, and to think bigger. Um, is um, are your parents divorced? Yeah, my parents have been divorced since I was five. Do you remember the divorce? Uh, I remember it happening. 
I remember weird stuff. I remember like the, I remember sitting on my bed that I knew was like made of wood. And I remember my sheets were like football sports sheets and my parents sat me down on that. That's like the part I remember. And, and were you tripping? Uh, it was weird. You know, like it's, it was hard to like understand at the time. Yeah. I feel worse for the others because my brother, the one in the middle, he was two. My sister was being born. Wow. So my the the youngest one is actually a half brother. Uh, um, I I think I was three when my parents got a divorce, but I, and I but I, it's funny because I I would go the other way. I would feel more sorry for my sister. Like the larger your intellectual capacity, the more it would hurt. So yeah. you can I you don't have to feel sorry for your brother. He was stoked. He when you're two, you're like, damn, I get two Christmases. <laughs> When you're when you're seven, you're like, oh my god, my life's over. Um, what was it like, um, being raised? So you lived with your mom, and your mom did like all everything. Yeah. Like if you needed money for the arcade, she it, it all. And and when would you see your dad? Um, when he lived in Michigan, I would see him every other weekend, and then I would go down to Florida again for the summer. What do you think it it did with your perspective on women? to be raised by your mom. Do you think, do you think it gives you a different perspective on women than other people? I'm going somewhere with this. Sorry. I'm trying to lead you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand myself by asking you questions. Oh yeah. Fire away. Um, I think it gives you a significant more respect for them, at least for me. Cause I was like, I never wanted to hurt a female. Like yeah. it was that, that was that feeling of like watching what that did to people. It just like to me it was like I never wanted to reciprocate that. So you saw your mom get hurt, and you're like, I never want to. I never want to do that to another human being. Right. Okay. Um, my thought, where I go with it is like my mom. My, you know, my mom would do anything for us. Like, like we would eat before her. You know what I mean? And I, and I saw the struggle, and like, she, and, and you know, before. I think I was, she was pregnant with me and she went to law school and she, and, and she was the first woman to graduate from her night law school. And she did all of that because she knew her and my dad were getting divorced and she needed to do something to make a living. Right. And, uh, and life was hard when she was an attorney, like the, um, and she worked in business was so bad that she was like considering taking jobs of cleaning houses. And like, she told me there was like a long period where all we ate was peanut butter and jelly. I don't even remember this really, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner just to, you know, to save money. I, I probably thought it was awesome as a kid, right? She right. feels bad. And I'm like, fuck yeah, my mom rocks. But I see, I don't see because of that. I don't, I'm almost offended when I see women power shit. Like, yeah, duh. Like, what are you talking about? Like when I, when I feel like I see like, um, do you know what I mean by that? Like, like there's something like any woman would have to prove. Oh. There's, there's nothing any, any woman has to prove to me. Like, like they're beyond equal. Like, like I almost, oh. I almost feel like it's a step back when people are like, women are equal to men. I'm almost like, yeah, no, what, what the fuck you mean? They're better than men. Like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I, I feel like being, and I had a sister also, but I feel like being raised in that environment, you, you never, you never second guess. There is no distinction between man and women. You're, you're with a woman who's doing everything. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I would totally agree with that. You know? And, and so I get confused by that women power shit. I'm like, it, like almost like it's a setback. Like, are you planting the seed in my head that like women aren't as powerful as men or aren't equal? Like, it's just a weird, 
It's just a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a ton of it. I mean, I know yeah, you're I- in Minnesota. I'm, I'm in, I'm in California. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> is it like, yeah, you got like, like, like they're like, look, I got more armpit hair than you like to prove to me. You're cool. I'm like, yeah, you're cool. You're cool. You can grow armpit hair. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Do your shit. Yeah. You're, you're dude. You're, you're dude. You're as good as a dude. Grow your shit out. Grow your mustache. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. For sure. so it is a little different where I'm from, but yeah. Who thinks, who thinks that Anthony is, is Anthony stronger than the fittest doc? <laughs> do you know who this guy is anthony i feel like i should you that should guy is, know who he's he is. crazy strong it's like what's the what what can, can he what's your um what's your max back squat for 30 reps 30 yeah you know Colt mertens is gonna be there you better know that shit you cannot get beaten by this dude i mean the last i did this is the fittest doc you've done heavy 30 rep before I mean, I did a workout in the fall. Okay, let's look at hold, – hold on one second. Let's look at this. What What is this? 435. Can you do this, Anthony? My best is 525. Oh, sorry. Pull this guy down. Sorry for this, Doc. You're out of here. <laughs> I apologize for even insulting you, Anthony. Uh, My be- – I, I don't know my 30. I at, In weightlifting, I did 505 for 10. Um, <laughs> okay. That's a front squat. You did five oh five for ten. Max oh, 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 oh. And, and and your max front squat is what? Five twenty five. Was was weightlifting is much right. different squat story than crossfit. What, do you know your fastest mile ever is five twenty? Wow. Jesus. Where where and how old were you when you tested that? Twenty one. Crazy. What do you, what do you think you could do now, or do you know? Uh, if I'm, I did two falls ago. I did five forty. So you're still moving, but I used to be a lot faster. Ha- have you ever been the um uh, weakest link on any of the teams you were on on any of the workouts? Like, have you been one of those guys that like like they're doing the worm and, and burpees, and then all of a sudden you see like one big strong dude's like stopped, like little girls are yelling at him, "Get the fuck up!" <laughs> Uh, you're like this is uncomfortable not that movement for sure the the worst event for me was at uh the obstacle course for some reason for i'm apparently unbalanced on small objects <laughs> but then the other crazy part the only year i've been to the games like you uh, you've probably done your research what's my biggest vice handstand handstand walking specifically that was 2017 you went, right? 2017, zero handstand walking, open, regionals, or the games. There is something that is interesting. I, I wasn't going to bring this up because uh, I, don't, I didn't want to pick on you. But, well, yeah, I did. There, there is a video in your Instagram where you're on a balance board. And granted, it is the smallest balance board I've ever seen. But, yeah, you – you do not look comfortable on that thing at all. Um, do you, you don't ride a skateboard? No. I used to snowboard, though. You did? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I think it's a video. You're on this balance beam. Oh, there it is. Here it is. Here it is. This Oh, this isn't the exact video. Oh, you're looking but, for the one where I throw the basketball in it. Yeah, yeah. That looked like you needed to, before you got on that thing, you needed to double down on your uh, <laughs> your health insurance. You needed to like make sure that all, you were up to date on your premiums. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I will say some of it is, so I actually have four screws and a plate in my left big toe. So I have no flexion of my left big toe, only extension. Wow. So like, I don't have entirely on the left foot, the balance can get off at times. Um, how did that happen? I fell off doing a bar muscle up. Really? Oh. So I landed, I landed on. <laughs> yes, yes. Show them, get on this thing. This thing, this is not, children, do not, kids, do not try this at home. Watch them get on this thing. This is, oh, I didn't even follow. I didn't see you do that. Wow. The okay. shot at the end makes it more so much more legit. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> look at this. Like he's going to try an ollie or something. I didn't even know I messed up that first part. <laughs> Should have edited that yeah. out. That's I mean, funny. this is impressive. The fact he's wearing That's a mask cool. is impressive. Hole, yeah. I like the hat, actually. I actually <laughs> did that just to be somewhat controversial because it was just, it was just, I, I sometimes like to walk on the edges a little bit. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't play or ploy any political stuff. But with everyone who's going uproars, I just threw the hat thing on because people were making fun of that dude at the White House. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm insulted. <laughs> okay, okay. So tell me about the do you have to do you have to pee? Ever? Not on no, air. Like right, like right now? Oh no. No, okay, I'm not okay. Um, so yeah. tell me about the bar because because he he started rocking a little bit. I'm sensitive to that pee and shit. He did one of these. I thought he was doing maybe a pee dance. I misread Anthony. So tell me about your toe. How did you hurt your toe doing a bar muscle up? So I was I was swinging. So like normal kips, kind of do this right. So if I'm through on the way up, slipped. As I slipped off, I landed on my head and neck, and I lawn chaired, and my foot actually went so like straight in that this bone went back oh. this bone went back through and it split up that way uh did you make some crazy sound uh honestly i think i went through some nervous shock at first because i couldn't feel my arms and legs and then they came back to me and then i stood up and i tried to take a step on my foot and i couldn't well and then oh then I was like, I think my foot's broken or something's Ooh. broken. The worst part was the ribs, though. I think I probably cracked a few ribs or something. My chest hurt so bad just from that impact there. But What year was that? Uh, 2014. I was like the first summer I did CrossFit, of course. But Do you have any ever have any like PTSD from that moment or have you changed the way that you – First thing, I could do was, first thing I could do when I was allowed to be back was do a bar muscle. Get over it right away. Just don't even think about it. You said that um, you, when you and your, you, your wife had something like in her bio or something that you really liked, a, a line that you really liked. Is it this line? You're above all else. My purpose remains the art of losing myself and bringing you praise. No, that's a different song. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I messed that up. Um. Did you really go? Did you really go two and a half years without masturbating? Without masturbating? Yeah. Did I see that in the post of yours? No, I'm porn free. Porn free. Yeah. That's different than masturbation free. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. So you're, yeah. you're not superhuman. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, and porn free means that like um, you don't go to any porn sites. No. Brian, I have a question for you. Uh, never mind. That'll be a different show. You know, it uh, reminds me, you had this conversation with Greg Amundsen years ago. Yes. Greg Amundsen and it completely abstains unless he's married. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big porn guy either, Anthony. So, and yeah, I mean, when I used to go to hotels, I was more of a porn guy, like away from home, but like at home, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, if I deserve any like praise for not being a porn guy, but there's just no time for porn for me. It's like, like, well, like what, like when I get off the, when I get off the phone here with you, I'm going to run in and see my kids. Like, what am I supposed to do? I need five minutes with some porn. So, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say in my engagement through marriage, I was abstinent from masturbation though. The whole, the whole time? Yeah. And how long was that? Four months. So you didn't ejaculate for four months? No. Isn't that – what an, a great exper- experiment. If you're a dude and you haven't experienced that, you should just at least try that. It is one of the most – I mean, at least for me, it was one of the most mentally brutal things I've ever done. Like there are just times where you are like – almost like – you think like someone like, should like your coke can and someone shook you up. It's like a, <laughs> almost like a primal, like anger where you're just like, ho- like to hold that in and to maintain that control. Um, it's a crude, it's a crude example, but I actually equate it to growing a beard. There's a period of time. <laughs> there's a period. Of, <laughs> there's a period of time where it's a kind of a pain. It's itching. It's bothering you. It's getting in your mouth. You're you're adjusting to it, and the, going a long period of time without ejaculating is similar. Like there's a period of time where it sucks and like you know frustrating, painful, whatever. But there's like for me, at least in the experiences I've had with both, there's like light at the end of the tunnel. Eventually, the beard just feels natural, and eventually, I got past that during the times that I've had long periods of no uh, ejaculation, and it was it was okay. But there was a like a week to two week period that was very very miserable. Yeah, it's hard. But on again, like you said, at the end, the light at the end of the tunnel is like that feeling of self-control. And that's a really powerful, powerful feeling. Did you have a go to like, did you have like some weights by the side of your bed, like two 20 pound dumbbells or something? And like if you woke up in the middle of the night, you just like do like a set of 50 and then go back to sleep or like. Did you have some sort of like, like a fire, something like, or, or like an ice pack, like, just, like an outlet, an outlet. Yeah. An outlet. outlet. Like what, no. like what was, you didn't have a plan. Uh, but well, sometimes- I, I abstained for a while. And I had a plan. Like I had a protocol. You know, it's another like, good you example. Have a on, you better do this. What? Another good example. And it's a, maybe in a shorter time frame is fasting. Like if you, you know, if you want to fast for 48 hours, like you could do it, but there's going to be periods of time within there that are going to be difficult. And so yeah. what's the outlet for me? The outlet is, it's just drinking water, you know. If I'm like really feeling right. hungry, I can right. say, like, "No, you need to drink a big glass of water. Maybe put a you know a shake of salt in there, and then that's that hunger will subside." Right. Yeah, I did one for 72 hours, and it was that. Yeah, when you enter the third day after wait, once you wake up, going into the third day it was pretty just like, "Oh man, this is." <laughs> Why'd you do it? Um, religious reason. Really? Is, is there something in the Bible about that too? Seventy uh, a three day fast? Uh no. I I do it mostly out of. So there are examples of fasting, but if you read Isaiah, the true fasting is doing good to humans. Like don't subside from doing servanthood towards those. So when you fast to look like you're special, 
That's actually hypocrisy biblically. Fasting should be a personal choice um, to lower yourself, to allow for the greater power to enlighten you, but it shouldn't take away from your ability to serve those who you are working with or around. So, um, you know, Gandhi said something like that too. When you're fasting, there's two things. You, you don't tell anyone that you're fasting and two, um, you don't stop eating. You realize you're not hungry like that. And, and, and I'd never, and I'd always heard that, but I never heard it explained the way you explained it, which is more poignant. I think even. Anthony yeah. Davis, more poignant than Gandhi, <laughs> all on the Sevon podcast. <laughs> everyone, everyone. Are you going to win any of these? Is there a chance you could win an event? I think there's always a chance, you know? Is, is I mean, the one you see that you're like, okay, this one, I'm, I'm going to, the wheels are coming off the bus. This one, I'm going to risk harm and injury to everyone. This is going to be the one. Uh, like the good ones, obviously, the Miami complex is up there for me it's actually <clears throat> supposed to be called the mia complex i clarified this with a competition team okay very confusing otherwise though i made the same mistake yeah. like missing an action i don't know it's just okay. the mia complex okay all right, all right. so yeah, the MIA, that one looks fun i do it you know what's super weird i hate hang cleans <laughs> i don't yeah. know why. that is weird right that is but weird. john was that's talking weird about because this you're the, the big day, strong guy and you're supposed to love him right I at one point like my hang power clean max was three thirty five, and at one point I could hang power clean max three thirty five. I could squat clean four twenty five, if I just get to go from the floor, and my power clean was three eighty five. But isn't that supposed to be like that? From the floor should be more than your hang. Uh, you know what? It's actually kind of strange. I, I don't know what those <laughs> strength numbers, but I know some people that are almost as good or, you know, even just as good from the hang as they are from the ground. So that wasn't stupid what I said. I'm glad sometimes I say shit like that and Brian starts laughing at me. Usually, I mean, ideally you'd want it to be probably somewhere near 80-ish percent of whatever you're doing from the floor. But even my hang squat was 70 pounds less than my normal squat. Clean. How are there so many Christian CrossFitters? Do, uh, capital F, please. Um, do you think that that is uh, accountability and personal responsibility that's sort of built into the um, religious mindset? You think there's like uh, – or, or is that not even true? I mean we're making the assumption that that is true. What are you talking about? There's not. Like we could just respond like that too. Uh, how are there so many – I mean, yeah. I mean, it does seem like there's a lot it, it, like every time I go, it, it seems like all the like, man, this this hurt pains me to say this because I'm not a Christian. But all every great person I'm interviewing, I go to their Instagram account and it's like Corinthians 32, 75, Philippians 18, 22. I mean, you even have I mean, the, the just the Bible's everywhere on great people's pages. Yeah. So, I mean, even preparing for this, I thought about this a little bit. I was like, I hope that. You know, right? Like if my my personal choice to be a Christian is, like, and that's how I live my life, that's how I want to be. I know that you're detailed enough that you're going to bring that up. So I'm like, does my life reflect that I'm an actual Christian? Do I make it seem that way? 
Um, so the fact that this is two different things though, are two different things. Does it seem that way? Or what's the first thing you said? Are you right? There's a lot of, does it seem that way out there? A lot of it. Yeah. And that, and so like even, (laughs) and I'm not hating. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I'm not hating. It's okay. I mean, I would argue like I didn't go, I didn't become a Christian until I was 21. Um, and I would even argue the first two years, the way that I lived my life wasn't honestly in alignment with what I was preaching to others or putting out there. So I don't actually really consider my Christian life to have started until two years after I claimed to be because I wasn't aligned with the things that I claimed to be believing. Now, for short sake, you know, um, the other day I had a client in the morning class and he was talking to me about his favorite holidays. And he started saying, like, I love Thanksgiving because everyone just gets to hang out, get to watch football and do this. And he's like, it's way better than Easter and Christmas because I don't have to. And before he said it, he stopped because he he remembered that I'm like a super Christian dude. <laughs> but he was going to say, because I don't have to go to church. <laughs> and so, like, to me, I was like, oh, sweet. All right. Right. Like this person respects me enough or at least knows that I live my way in such a way that everyone knows this guy claims to be a Christian and that's how he lives his life. Right. right. It's not just an Instagram post. It's not just a, every time I fail, I post something long. It's just my way of life. Right. Right. But you wouldn't have, but, but if he would have, but you didn't care that he said it either. Like you weren't defended. No, there's, I mean, we're in 2022 now. Half the world hates Christianity. It's, you know, like, I'm not offended by someone who attacks that because I'm I see it happen all of the time. If someone wants to have a conversation, I'm all about having that conversation because I would argue differently. But, you know, like people can say whatever they want. You can come at me as hard as you want. Like it's not going to change the way I do. You know, like I believe this. This is how I do this is who I am. This is who I believe I am. And it's how I want to live my life. And if my community and the people that I'm around would say the same about me, you know, then I feel like, all right, this is going well. I had a, we had a, you sound like Denzel a little bit. Has anyone ever told you that? No, that's the greatest compliment. That's one of the best compliments I ever got. Yeah. He's a good dude. All right. All right. Um, Go on. Yeah. But even like we had a change of leadership at our gym and some people stepped away. And, you know, we have people from all sorts of backgrounds. I've coached people who are Muslims. I've coached people from the LGBTQ plus community. Doesn't matter. Like my role in the CrossFit gym is I'm a coach. I serve people and I serve my community. And so whoever steps through those doors, I'm going to give you the best opportunity to do that well and execute that well. I don't care where you come from. I'm going to do my job. Um, but they ended up leaving with the turn of leadership. But even in a post afterwards, they they said, thank you for all that you've done since coming back. And they even said like someone from the LGBTQ plus said that I was a good Christian, you know. And so it's comments like that where, you know, like and I look at the big picture of what it is that I'm trying to and who I'm trying to be is like, am I living a life of humility and servanthood towards the people that I have been placed around? And to me, that's what Christianity is supposed to be about. Um, And 
So, you know, I don't know why there's so many of them in CrossFit specifically. Maybe it's CrossFit as a reconciliation for a lot of people. You know, if you didn't play sports somewhere else, this is an opportunity. You know, if it's a space in a community, it's built similarly. You know, people gave it the cult idea. You know, cults, religion can kind of align themselves in certain ways, but I think just happens to be the mindset. And I think CrossFit has given a similar path to people, you know, more than anything else. It's we need to serve those around us. And I love that about CrossFit from the very beginning. I love that about CrossFit moving forward. So even like, you know, it's just the servanthood. And I you think- know, Greg Glassman told me one time, he said, uh, I remember we, we walked out of a, um, we walked out of a Best Buy or something together. And there was a guy there. It was, it was around the holidays and he, it was one of those guys who rings the bell. Right. Mm. And Greg gave him a $50 bill. And he said to me, our only value on earth is what is our, how did he say exactly? Our only value on earth, the only true metric for a human's value on earth is how he can help his fellow man, what he offers his fellow man. He goes, there is no other metric. And I was like, what? Like for your value while your time on earth. And I thought, wow, that's like really, I mean, in the most superficial sense, you can look at like someone like Elon Musk, right? Who's like brought or, or Benjamin Franklin who bought us and brought us the light bulb. Right. And, and, and then, and then people who like, who on the, on the granular level, like you in a CrossFit gym are, are, are adding such tremendous value to other people's lives, not only as an, a role model, but teaching them how to take care of their temple. Right. And it, and it's cool. Like. I, I hear that in you. I, there's a, a continuity between the way Greg said it and, and the way you said it. I just wanted to change that. Man, people are getting off on you right now. Look at this. John Young loves you. <laughs> he hasn't told his own wife he loves her in three months. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, Brian, don't cry. Do you need a hanky? I got one over here. Okay. Um. Uh. Is there anything else, Anthony? Is there anything? Is there any stone that we left unturned? Is there anything like? Oh, I was actually surprised you didn't ask me more about what's going on in CrossFit. To be honest. Oh well, I, I looked on your site. You have many complimentary um, uh, posts about Dave. I try to keep that separate from like Brian. Like Brian is a man of the. Um, I try not a- to drag. I've been, I've been so aggressive and so. Um, uh, I try not to drag anyone else into that. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I, I don't want to drag anyone. Like I'm in, I, I, I'm like a dragon breathing fire and I don't, I don't want to, um, <laughs> I don't want Anthony to be on my show or Brian to be on my show. And, and then people look at them and be like, man, you hung out with that guy who was breathing fire. I want you to be like, no, when he was on the show it was actually, it was mellow. You know, we talked about cooking and, and the Lord and going on hikes, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like that's i don't want to drag you into my into my like those shows i just do because i i'm i'm i i have part dragon you know oh and that's i mean that i if i'm gonna be honest like that's something i actually highly respect about you i've always thought yes that- yes there i am look at just destroying poor austin maliolo james hobart <laughs> my my beloved gary Gaines. like i just accidentally i was just just 
Okay, but go on. Yes, you know, tell me how you respect me, please. It's a it's an appreciation for people who are just true to themselves. You know, even like a silly way, like on a Sunday I was coaching, and this girl came up. She's like, "Can we listen to music like this kind of music today?" And I was like, "You know what? Thank you for asking me and like just saying what you want to listen to." instead of complaining about the music mm. not being what you want to listen to. Mm. You know, like regardless of how people feel about you, and I know that you don't probably care what most people think about you. And I think it's probably best if we don't let most people dictate how we think about that. You know, you should focus more on the people who are closest to you. It did hit me like a brick though. My mom told me she didn't like the podcast where I was just going hard in the paint against CrossFit, like just savage mode. My mom did tell me she didn't like it. And that you're right. Most people like I like I care what you think, but I don't really give a fuck like what you think in terms of it influencing me, but I care what you think. But when my mom says stuff, it's both. I care what she thinks right. and it influences me. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, just I want to make her proud while she's here. Yeah. Okay, you, go on. Sorry. So go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's go back like, to the music thing. I really like that too. Like, yeah, don't talk shit behind my back. Just say it to my face. I respect the shit out of that. You yeah. want Kanye and I'm trying to play some gospel music and I'd rather have you tell me, Hey, can we put on some Conway? Then afterward leave and be like, fuck, I hate Timber with CrossFit. That guy, Anthony's always listening to church music. That son of a gun. <laughs> Cheese, Actually, and Cheese and rice. The funny thing is I listen to like the pop punk, like screamo music most of the time, not in class because the people okay. can't handle it. But yeah, people are very shocked when they listen to my music taste. But in the, it's the same way, too, because I like program for the gym. So, like, if you have an issue with programming, tell me what's up. You know, don't go telling other people you don't like this or you think this is crazy or this is too much. Because I'm working four hours a weekend putting this together, setting you guys up for what I think is best for you. Just tell me so I know I can set you up for what's best. I'll take your add your thoughts obviously and put them into a role i'm not just going to switch up everything i'm doing to please you because i have a hundred and i don't know 50 people to think about but it's like those kind of things drive me nuts and i think when it comes to what happened with dave right like we're all like why you know and his comments were like i haven't talked to the dude in three months where it's like dude all right Rosa, whatever choice you want to make moving forward, we would all respect that choice a lot more if you were like had a conversation with Dave, like this is the direction we want to go. Do you see yourself fitting that vision? All right. Because, Dave, you're the face. You know, you are what we have come to know when it comes to the CrossFit Open, the CrossFit, the semis, regionals and the CrossFit Games. And we as a niche sport, niche, right? CrossFit, no offense is relatively not that huge. So I don't usually like to make this gesture on my show. I usually like to do one of these, but you're right. Right. Relatively, relatively, we're not, I mean, outside of the 200,000 people that do, or 400,000 people that do the open. I mean, I get 50% of my gym doesn't care about the, you know, like the CrossFit games. They don't care about the open. They support me. But they are not like they don't know everyone's name. They don't know. They don't follow it. And so for us, the community of people to just upend someone we've all come to know for the last 15 years with no explanation. Who's been amazing at his job. And also don't start trying to lie about him. I wasn't. Now you got me started. I was in a meeting yesterday. Uh, 
uh, CrossFit had an all hands on deck meeting where Eric Rosa spoke to the entire group. And one of the things he says is he's, he's t- telling, he, he's reading from a script, first of all, which is just nuts that he's reading to a script to all his employees. He shut off the ability for anyone to comment. You had to ask questions ahead of time so that he could script out the answers. And the entire staff is there. And when you work for CrossFit Inc. and you're an OG, you know that everything has to be measurable and repeatable, and it's about fucking metrics. Like Greg brainwashed us all to be mini scientists. And when they say stuff like, oh, the uh, CrossFit hasn't grown since 2015. Listen, man. Don't, don't lie to us. We see that the Open had its largest year in 2018 with 417,000 participants. We all know why CrossFit took a shit in 2019 because Greg brought on that CEO and they fucked up the whole Open, excuse me, um, w- with having two Opens and then letting in people from every single country and not making it um, fair for everyone, being more interested in like bringing in different countries and all that shit. Like we know what happened. We were there. We witnessed the whole derailing. Don't tell us like you're – don't tell the staff. I know you weren't there, Anthony. But 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 Rosa was telling the entire because you because you don't work for CrossFit like me you're not the CEO like me and he tells the entire staff in the meeting that um, CrossFit hasn't grown since 2015 or that the affiliates or something has like quiet don't lie to us we're not dumb and that, and that and, and portray yourself as some sort of great savior you made a claim sorry this is your fault Anthony I take no responsibility you made a claim Rosa that you you had to take two months off for mental mental health issues my next step. Would have been thought that you would have stepped down, you would have killed yourself, or you would have come back and told us how you healed yourself, you found Jesus. But no, your next step back is to fire Dave. You went from I'm I'm taking mental leave to firing Dave. There's no there's no intermediate. I mean, dude. And then, Mr. Rosa, you post a picture on your Instagram during a major upheaval within the community. <clears throat> People are throwing rocks, metaphorically speaking, fighting, shooting guns. It's a gang fight in the street. And you post a picture of your children play, throwing snowballs with them. Do you know what I see that as? I see that as is um, you're in a gunfight and you come up holding your kid as a shield. And people now in the comments are fighting, being like, don't be mean to Eric. He's with his kids. Have a heart. Dude, he chose to post that in the middle of a gang fight. It's nuts. It is nuts. And and yes, I'm very emotional because Dave is one of my um, – don't tell him this, but he's he's one of my great mentors, leaders, and examples of integrity and honesty. Him and my wife um, taught me um, integrity and honesty over everything, over compassion, over kindness, over like – so. And, and, and it's a better life, by the way, to people, to be honest. Honesty is such a better life. Yeah. And I mean, say what you want about Dave and <laughs> the, the, the gimmicks and everything about it, you know, but I think I wrote on his one of the things that he shared. You know, I've had three or four conversations from him over the years trying to do this CrossFit thing, you know, and every single time was him telling me to stay focused or nice work keep working at it, like believing in you. And I think like more than anything, Dave always believed in CrossFit at the heart of what it is. You know, he really cared and he, and you know, and like a statement, like CrossFit isn't growing. What, what's not growing the open show outs. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but the, it's getting harder and harder to make it to the top. There's no doubt about that. More people aren't like, you're just not going to get people trying to go to the games. Like we all thought we could in 2014, you know, like it's different, but that doesn't mean gyms are 
it's getting smaller. That doesn't mean like more gyms aren't popping up. That doesn't mean that the community itself isn't growing. And it was, it's, it's odd to think about it with someone like Dave gone because I know how much he genuinely cared and put into everything, you know, and I didn't do anything on the scale that he does. But even like when you program for your own gym, you're like, man, I want to give these people the best thing they can have. And I think he really took full, like, I believe Dave's mind was like, I'm here to serve the CrossFit community. And it was his weird and odd and strange way to some people. And it made some people upset and they did like, it should be more professional, but it's like, dude, this stuff started at a garage in California. I, and, and, and I would claim that people, those people who say that have no idea what professional means. Like for instance, in that meeting we had yesterday at CrossFit Inc, Eric Rose, someone asked, Hey, uh, in a pre-written message, why did you, why, why did you tell um, Dave um, that you wanted to make this, um, your departure mutual? And, uh, and then Dave said, no, it's not mutual. He posted and, and, um, and Rosa, and I'm paraphrasing, responded to the entire, you know, from his written thing that he's reading in my pre in professional business acumen, you always give people the, um, choice to show that they have, um, left on, uh, on, on equal footing or whatever, whatever it was that he offered it, 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 in, in a professional setting. You always offer mutual departure when you let someone go. That's professional. Oh, I'm sorry. That means professional means lying and having no integrity. Is that what professional means? Because he, <laughs> They, they don't even people don't even know what professional means. The, there's these pundits out there who are like, and Dave shouldn't be announcing this stuff on his Instagram. Why? Because the racist NFL doesn't do that. Dana White announces shit on his Instagram all the time. Who are you to say what professionalism, what not professional is? You think you think Colonel Sanders is professional because he wears a suit? Sorry, now I'm getting all fired up. Sorry. I think there's another uh, another element of what Anthony said that's <clears throat> really commendable yes, for Dave and also really important for people like Anthony who are, you know, responsible for a community um, like he has at his gym. And I posted a little thing on my Instagram yesterday that I was doing some research in the CrossFit Level 1 manual. And I think Dave was like as good as you could be at not losing sight of where he came from in the CrossFit space, where what happened to him in 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 despite the fact that everything blew up around him, right? The games blew up. His popularity grew up. He has a, 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 his own brand. You know, everyone's got their opinions about him, everything else. And in the, in the quiet of his own mind and his own, you know, world where he programs and tries to lead, whether it was the training team or the game season or whatever it was forward, those principles remained true throughout in the programming, in his delivery, in the way he interacted with people like Anthony was talking about. I don't think that there's a single athlete who's competed at a competition that Dave's been at that, that wouldn't have at least something positive to say about when I saw Dave, he was respectful to me in this way. And he was, he was able to do that. And as Tommy and I have been writing these articles, that's what I've been like. It's been reinforced in me. And hopefully if people get a chance to read them, they can see some of those things that remain true over 15 years of doing that, despite everything going on around him. It's really impressive. Yeah, and Tommy. Was, Tommy spent a lot of time at the ranch too. Tommy knows the Castro as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's actually been so fun doing that with Tommy. And wasn't that one of Castro's old jokes? He's like, "No one's ever said a bad thing <laughs> in my face." Right. You know, what I mean, right. like it's true. None of. I mean, we might people talk and they'll gimmick about his cornrows or something, or like just tell us what the workout is. But right. to a degree, we also all learn to love that. 
Seven, did you see that? He said he was planning to bring the cornrows back this year. <laughs> who, who said that, Dave? My morning chalk up put out that, an article like six things that Castro did over the years that made us smile, and the cornrows was like the, the leading thing. And he goes, Shucks, I was planning to bring them back this year. <laughs> I actually like that look on him. Now, on uh, the other end of all of it, yes, I, do, I like in your circumstance, right? You have a platform, you do this kind of stuff all the time. Makes sense to, you know, if you're being asked and you support yourself, I don't even know if you support yourself on this podcast, but the platform that you use, you share the things that come to your mind. We've all come to know that about you. And that's what we appreciate you. And if people follow, that's why they follow you. It's it's weird to me to be like a full blown adult to actively go to Rosa's page and then just attack him on a picture. That's yes, I agree. I couldn't you know agree. What more. I mean? like, yes, I yes, yes, yes. I don't, I don't follow Eric, but yes. I went to his page and he hadn't posted for like three months. And I went, I'm scrolling and it's just 20 minutes ago, one hour ago, just ripping the dude. I'm like, yes, dude, yes. Dude, how old are you? Come yes. On. Hey, I totally agree because there's people who will comment in the comments here in the podcast who is just like so negative and it's like every single one, every podcast. And I, I personally enjoy it. Cause it gives me, it stimulates me to give me fodder, like to crack some your mom jokes. But I think to myself, how pathetic is it? There's no one I follow that I don't like. I don't, I don't, that I would only follow someone I don't like, or go to someone out of my way to someone's page to hate on them. If I was like, if I had some internal issues, I agree. It's weird to go. It's weird to go over there and just attack him as an adult. I agree. It's a, it's it's just, a little yeah, weird. I don't know. It's, it's a little I mean, much. It's, so it's Like I said, it's different if you like uh, have a platform. And this is what we do. We talk about the things that are happening and I'm voicing my opinion. But just to like almost anonymously drop a comment to just destroy someone for what reason? Like what good did that do? Did that make you did it honestly make you feel better? Did it, you know, I don't know. That stuff gets on my nerves, too. If you're going to call someone an asshole, give them equal um, equal constructive criticism, if not more. Or if you're going to say stuff – yeah. It, it's, it, it, and it's also, my, it's also my problem with most of the content producers in the space. They don't actually say anything. They're just like, calm down. Things will pass. I know this is emotional. It's just like this, this fluff service, and it's like let's drill down and actually look at some things, like some details – or 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 stay out of it altogether. Like like if I if, if I'm gonna go over to Eric Rose's page and I, I would and I'm gonna say, hey, you're really fucking this up. Like that's not enough. You need to be. I, I want to see the ten points of why you think he fucked it up. Like you're just over there just throwing rocks. Like you don't really care. Right. And so there there needs to be some. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And and I and I hope I do that here. I hope I hope when I breathe fire, I'm. At least trying to justify my assholeness. Uh, there, there, uh, there was one other comment in here. Um, someone said, "Nah, I'm not even gonna go there." Okay, fine. I actually just noticed there were even comments. I've, <laughs> yeah, never. You don't want to notice it. It screws up the whole thing. My mom asked me the other day. She's like, "Are you okay? You're stuttering a lot, and you're losing your train of thought." I'm like, "Mom, it's because I'm reading the fucking comments on the side. There's too many people chiming in." <laughs> Ooh. Anthony. Now I'm reading it. <laughs> oh, Mark. Yeah. 
here we go. I've had these conversations with people too, mostly the Christianity thing. Uh, which oh, I hey, Mark, Mark I, this is a great question. What if during the mental health counseling, Rosa realized Dave was the biggest contributor to his struggle? So Im- imagine hearing Dave's the issue for three months. And of course, then um, then his counselor, um, he needs to get rid of his counselor because when you're in counseling, the last thing you should be doing is pointing fingers at someone else. So, for instance, like that guy also is saying it's all about Jesus, which I agree. And like who, Mark Fuentes, the guy, the guy who just commented that. Yeah, like he's he's trying. He's calling me out saying that I'm not pointing to Jesus, which I don't think is true. I don't think it's true either. I thought we got all I thought we got all Jesus stuff on the show. Yeah, I mean, it is to me. That is my belief. It is all about him. And reading the Gospels is, and it says in Philippians, which is my favorite book, is like, imitate me, you know, be God as Jesus himself to step down into servanthood and humility. That's how he lived his life was in humility to other people. You know, a lot of times, like people try to frame it as just be a good person. But I'm, I'm not, I'm good as what is good. You know, yes. What is good? What is good? I believe God is good. And he's laid a framework for me of what that looks like. Now, I've interpreted that through reading, studying and the way I live my life as a servanthood to the places that I've been set. And that's how I live my life. And I got that because Jesus showed me that it's not just people who are poor. It's not just people who are struggling. You know, there's a whole section about the tax collectors. That's rich people. It's people who are doing well. It's not like it's not all about just like being good to one person. It's try to show up, eat. How many people are at your table and who's at your table? Like I was actually really important to be very, very nice to rich people because you want them to be very, very nice. And we're all we are all role models to one another. It's very, very important to be nice to rich people, if, if not more so than to be nice to poor people. It's all just like I think you started here in the beginning of the show saying it's just people here. It's just people here. There's no like we're all just humans. And if you're nice to someone who's rich, you're setting an example for them than they for them to be rich. Who knows how that's going to be contagious and 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 and. and, and you know, spread to the world. You're nice to, you hold a, a, a door open for a rich guy and that inspires him to give $5 million to a charity that helps 7,000 poor people. Fuck. Yeah. And that's, and I, and that's how the world works, man. And I'm not trying to like come at Mark in any way, but that stuff can get on my nerves sometimes. Right. Cause I've been around people with it's, it's a theology. Thing, right. And I would come from a reform theology and I'm not going to get into it because that's where, a lot of people, I mean, I probably believe everything that he does, but I also recognize where I'm at in this space, you know, and I wholeheartedly have thought I've displayed what I believe Jesus does throughout the whole time. So it's when how, how about forcing kids to get injections um, if they want to go to school? Would Jesus approve of that? Uh, I mean, they didn't, did they even have vaccines back then? <laughs> no, just psychedelics. <laughs> oh nice Brian nice again and even with the pertaining to that you know we, we all think there is always yes or no <laughs> right what do you mean you know it, yes or no like right like yes if you believe like let's go Christianity for instance if you believe 
you're saved. That's John 3.16. Didn't come to condemn the world, came to save it. Corinthians to give freedom. Don't burn yourself in the yoke of slavery. Galatians 1.5. Same God as before. So the, the, the two best things, right? Mark 12.31. Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Or in Deuteronomy 19.18. All right. This is nothing changed is the same God that justified a prostitute. Justified a prostitute. So it's we have this idea of what is a yes and what is a no. But there's so many examples of that's not always as black and white as we think. Right. What does faith actually look like? You know, you're someone's telling me that I'm making it about me. It's not about me. Never has been. Okay, I'm don't like, read the comments. You're banned from the comments. <clears throat> You're banned from the comments. <laughs> oh, you know, that's the stuff that fire again. You know what's funny? You know what's, you know what's <laughs> Anthony's actually gonna get more fired up than me. By the way, you said Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, yeah. Say it pronounce it again. Deuteronomy. Duda, like D-U-D-A, Ronomy. D-E-U-T-E-R. That word needs to be said more often. What it is? That's a cool word. Someone needs to start a company and call it that. That's that. That I need to look at that. But that, when you said that, I got that. Sounds like some California brand, Deuteronomy. Anthony, you know it's really funny, I, and I don't know if I read the comment. Maybe I I misread the comments. I don't know. But when he he had said something in there, and I thought what he was saying was, "You represent Christianity well, and you don't even ha- ever have to use the name Jesus." And I thought that was that was a cool observation. Deuteronomy, man, what does that word mean? What does that word alone? That is such an amazing word that needs to be said all the time. Deuteronomy. But then also, like this happened to me in 2018 at the dang Granite Games, man. So right, what happened? What happened? So I in 2017, I was fifth in the world in the open, decent year. Chose to go team. 2018 was the year you took a picture of me shooting my arm out, falling on my face. I missed regionals. I didn't even make regionals for no reason outside of my own, right? So if you can imagine a 20-year-old kid or a 21-year-old just turned 22 who's never really achieved, honestly, like high levels of success in really anything. I've always been kind of like good at stuff, kind of middle of the pack, but it was never like You've quoted scripture better than anyone on the show. Like you're at the like if I had to rank people quoting scripture, you'd be at the top. Just so you know. So there, you're good at there. I'm giving you the the gold medal for that. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. Um, but even yeah, so those things, and it's like I finally, I mean, and a whole other compile of things happened in my life that time. Like just wear and tear. Like I'm not going to regionals. I was in, I think, a two year relation at the time that failed that didn't work out. And all of these things happen where I was like, who am I going? Like, where am I? Where do I belong? Do I keep doing like it's a lot? So I go to Granite Games, my first competition in a, a six months, you know, trying to prove myself again to see like, all right, do I belong here? Because I'm running with this idea of like, was it just a fluke year or do I actually belong with these athletes? And I hit a 25 pound snatch PR. And I jumped through the roof. That picture you showed of me jumping where you asked if I could dunk. I ju- Dude, I'm so excited. 25 pounds on a snatch for 325, which I think was the heaviest at the time. And then people are like, 
act like you've been there before. Cocky. Can't, and I'm like, do you don't know me at all? <laughs> you know how ah, rock star lifestyle. Really? People said that, that you were being yeah. cocky. And I was like, do you know how hard it was for me to step on this floor after everything that I had to go through that year to feel like I belong here and to hit a 25 pound PR, my first ever victory in a competition at a good one. I'm excited. I'm happy. Hey, do you hold the snatch PR in competition for as a CrossFitter? Right now, yes. But I think Dmitry Klokov is trying CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> what and what is that record? Sorry to interrupt your story. Uh three forty. Three forty. Okay. I thought Brian told me that last night. You referenced that last night, right, Brian? Yeah, we talked about it. Uh yeah, dude, that's spotlight shit, right? That's 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 just all the, the judgment. And that's and, and so much like to that makes me like not even want like social media it makes me not want any. And you know, what's funny to me, like I see someone do that and I think it's the furthest thing from cocky. I think it's like a celebration of like humility and, 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 and just like joy and love. And I, and I, I love it. Like when I see someone jump in the air like that, but, but I, but I have my own judgments too. When I see people walk out there and they tell the crowd to cheer for them, I, I have a little adverse reaction to that. I, like, like I judge, like, I'm like, what? Nah, we'll cheer for you if we want to. I like it better when they like the other athletes are telling the crowd to cheer for someone else, but like celebrating after lift, I don't view that as cocky at all. I, I, it, I We love that. We love that. That's why Josh Bridges is who he is, you know? And, like yeah, and we love to see a celebration. We want, I don't want Josh to win because I care if he, what place he takes. I want to see a celebration. Yeah. And that, I mean, I wish those things didn't get on my nerves so much. But it's, it's you see it everywhere. You know, those people probably judge a lion when he roars in the jungle. Oh, you arrogant <laughs> bastard! <laughs> well, the rest of us are like, "Dang, do that again!" You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, oh, like even that, like that. I mean, now, like that, fire me up. <laughs> I know. I saw you get. Mm. Oh, dude! I, yeah, I don't know. It, that twists and turns. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how you guys have these podcasts. I don't know how you guys have these platforms. I, I don't. I don't make a living doing this, by the way. And sure as hell, Brian doesn't. I don't share shit with him. Um, but um, but but we are um, obsessed for some reason. We do. Uh, we are completely passionate about it. We've given it. We're giving it our hundred percent. We have people like Will who jumped on board, who uh, also doesn't make a, a, a dime from this. And we're but but maybe someday we will. Maybe someday we'll be like, maybe someday someone's going to be like, oh my God, this guy's better than Joe Rogan and Howard Stern put together. So, sorry, mom, Mike Wallace, Mike Wallace and, uh, and, and <laughs> Rob Williams put together. Uh, but, um, but yeah, we just put our head down and grind, man. Put our head down and grind. Talk to good people like you. Bug them at the last minute. I just slid into your DMs. Hi, Anthony. You come on my show. Hey, we're almost two hours. Thank you so much. Hey, Anthony, how how um how serious are you? Well, I how serious do you care if we text you during the uh during the week or during the competition? And if you can come on, you can come on. And if you can't, you can't. Like in between events and stuff. Like, hey, Anthony, can you come on for ten minutes? And we would send you a link just like we sent you today. Do you mind if we do that? You don't have to commit to coming on, but do you care if we just even bug you and try to get you to come on? Yeah, that's fine. That is fine. Okay. Cause we may see you do something like, you know, like you'll be in the swim event and a dolphin bumps into you. And then we got to talk to you afterwards. Did that dolphin really bump into you? And you'll be like, yeah, I did. And we'll just talk about it. Or, or, you know what I mean? Or what was it like praying with Rich Froning before event number six and you know, stuff like that. 
Look at he got sucked up into the comments. He got sucked up. <laughs> in, this, this show's over. This show's over. Everyone say bye. I love you, Anthony. Bye.